Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Are you a South Florida property owner with an insurance claim? Are you dealing with water, mold, or fire damage? Looking for a reputable, fully licensed, insured, and certified contractor? Water Cleanup of Florida is here for you 24 hours a day. When a disaster strikes in your home or business, you need specialized, fast, and reliable services. Water Cleanup of Florida understands the impact and stress an unexpected disaster may cause. With over 62 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, and Eric, and their team is prepared to handle any size disaster. The guys are born and raised in South Florida, so changing the narrative on the way contractors conduct business in South Florida is extremely important to them. Their objective is to make cleanup and insurance claim process painless and hassle-free. Water Cleanup of Florida is also a licensed building contractor, so they provide the A to Z service, one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There's no need to bring in other contractors. They will handle it all for you. Call or text them anytime at 561 561- 408-7835 for immediate assistance. The number again, 561-408-7835. Water cleanup of Florida. This show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a revolutionary new daily fantasy game whereby you pick two, three, or four players to go over or under their fantasy point projections, and if you're correct, you win. Pick two or more players from the same sport or league or go cross leagues for your parlay. Use the promo code 5, that's F-I-V-E, 5, and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. But first, sign up at prizepicks.com to start winning today. Sports betting season is in full force. You need a sportsbook with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BetUS.com. They have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 800-69-BETUS. That is 800-MY-BETUS. And you will receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using the bonus code 5. That's the word 5, F-I-V-E. They also have re-up and referral bonuses as well. Follow my lead and open an account with BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS. 
This show is brought to you by Lewis Peters State Farm, agency representing the number one auto and home insurer in the United States for more than 60 years combined experience in the insurance industry. Local agents that understand South Florida's unique market, you have access to them 24-7, walk in, call in, click in through lewispeters.com. You can find them online on social media at SF Agent Peters, or you can call at 305-275-5585. Remember, lewispeters.com. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Carry, another victorious edition, or should I say another, 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 which is seven in a row edition of Three Yards Per Carry. I'm Alfredo Artiaga. Sam Clancy is here. Chris Coffin is not here, but he will be with us later on this week as we preview Dolphins, Titans, biggest game of the year, biggest game in maybe three years. Simon, how are you? I'm very well. How are you? Oh, spectacular. Uh, let's get right into this game. Of course, we are brought to you by Manscaped. Use promo code 5RSM for 20% off your entire order. Before we get into the game, what did you get for Christmas? What was your like, you know, let's give the people some some hinterlands. What, what, was, your, what was your best Christmas present? Okay, best Christmas present. My daughter gave me a 1,400-piece Lego set. Wow. That you build a Miami Dolphins helmet. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it, it is spectacular. Okay. I'm staring at it and I don't know when to start, but I, I decided, you know what? You know, not to jinx anything. I will start it as soon as the season is over and I will build it. And then, I'll, of course, I will post pictures of it on OnlyFans. But it cool. is beautiful. It is a, a beautiful thing. Build it and they will come. What was the worst present you got? Wow. What is the, the worst present I got? Hmm. You know what? I didn't get any any bad presents really. Uh, everybody gave me something good. You know. Uh, let me see. Um, my sister gave me a personalized uh, wall plaque. It's really nice. My wife gave me some polo shirts to play golf. Um, yeah, I, I got good good presents. Nothing nothing bad. It's you know I, I, when you give a give as good a, as good gifts as I as I do. I, I think everybody feels a little bit embarrassed and they're like you know what let's let's really work on alfredo this year you know what i mean let's really work for alf and let's get him something quirky because they know me you know you really want to impress me you know don't you know if you want to give me a rolex i will of course take it okay but you really want to impress me give me something quirky something strange and odd that i might find interesting and I always, I always appreciate those gifts much, much more than anything expensive. Do you want to know the worst thing that happened to me over Christmas? wasn't gift-related, but... So I live on a street that I moved to about 11 months ago. I bought this house about 11 months ago. And my neighbours all around are really nice. So, mm-hmm. like, opposite and across the street. So, And I'm not a Christmas card person at all. I haven't seen Christmas cards for ages. In fact, I remember one year I forgot to give my ex-wife a Christmas card, and she went absolutely like ape shit and i was just like it's a christmas card what's wrong with you kind of underlines why we're divorced um anyway 
Just so, saying, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So my neighbor who lives immediately next door, I get on really, really well with him and his wife and his kids. They're lovely. We just complete on the same wavelength. Uh, and across the street is, uh, so I live at number eight and across the street at number five uh, is an Irish man and his wife and son. So I asked my neighbor that I get on really well with, what's the wife's name? Because I knew that the guy was called Niall. Um, and he said, oh, her name's Teresa. So I wrote Christmas cards to all my neighbors just because I thought they've all been very nice since I moved in and kind of, you know, whatever. So I wrote to Nala, Teresa and family, happy Christmas, blah, blah, blah. And then went to my parents on Christmas, like a week before Christmas, came back Christmas night. So I didn't see them. And when I got in on Christmas night, I had a load of mail for the week and it included in there was a card uh, a Christmas card, which I opened up, and it says, To Simon, Happy Christmas, lots of love from Niall, Anthea, and family. So I have no idea who Teresa is, but clearly his <laughs> wife is not called Teresa at all. She's called Anthea. So I'm now weighing up the social conundrum as to whether or not I just go and knock on the door and say, I'm really sorry, I've just completely screwed it up, or I just, you know, style it out. Or I just blame my, my, my neighbour, my friend, and just say, yeah, it was all the person at number 10's fault. He's an arsehole for getting your name wrong. So, you know, that's the kind of situation I'm faced with. So it's kind of social embarrassment on the street. I've not really been out, and I've certainly not seen him, but I probably have to say, look, I'm really sorry I got your wife's name wrong, which is, you know, pretty poor on my behalf. Uh, let, me, let, let me tell you this, and I don't know if this makes me a bad person or not, but one of my, my guilty pleasures around Christmas time is when you give somebody a gift, and then you, you see the look of terror on their face because you know they didn't give you anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then they start making excuses. I just love that. They make excuses like, oh, I, you know, I left, I left yours at the office. You know? Yeah. I'll, I'll bring it around next time. You well, know? My, my daughter wanted something. My daughter wanted some, wanted some Balenciaga trainers for Christmas, which were an absolute nightmare to get, but I got them for her. But over the past two weeks, I was beginning to feed a little seed into her mind that I was was unable to get them. And on Christmas Eve, we were chatting in the kitchen. I said to her, um, what other trader brands do you really like? And she was like, what do you mean? I was like, well, you know, just what? She was like, you haven't got them, have you? And I was like, oh, no, no. I mean, just, just you know, what What if I got you, you know, um, like Air Force Ones, for example? And she was like, I've got Air Force Ones, Dad. Like, you know, I was like, yeah, but what if they were like, special personalized ones and she just looked at me as if like i just announced i was killed the rest of the family and, and she was like no and i was like what do you mean no and she goes i, I mean no i wouldn't wear them and i was like oh right okay <laughs> and i really played on it and then on on the box of so i obviously had bought the, the trainers that she wanted but on the box i wrote to mara happy christmas just do it love dad and as she was opening it she saw it and she was just like oh my god it says just do it she goes, oh, my God, these aren't the right ones. These aren't the right ones. I don't even want to open them. Anyway, that makes her sound like a real sport, but she's not at all. But, um, but yeah, it was quite funny. It's quite funny just to wind people up and make them think you haven't got them what they, you know, what they thought. Or, like you say, just not, not even bother. Just don't even bother. Like, let them give you a present. They'd be like, oh, um, yeah. Uh, and, and essentially just wrap something up that somebody's given you, like, Somebody gave me, a, like, I, I like wearing scarves in the winter, but big ones, like Lenny Kravitz kind of thing. Yes. Somebody gave me, like, a really thin one, which I'd never wear. So 
that's going to go in like a back drawer till next Christmas where I can just keep the label on, wrap it up and give it to somebody next year. Go, oh, happy Christmas. Enjoy this. This is, oh, it's lovely. You want to hear someone... something? You want to hear something about Lenny Kravitz? Go on. He used, to, he used to go to my wife's office all the time. And of course, all the women swoon, right? But he would go in the summer and he'd be wearing that scarf, Simon. And if you, <laughs> if you know what it's like down here in the yes. summer, it, uh, it's, it's oppressive, Okay. But for whatever reason, he could he could pull it off. He would walk waltz right into Durham to get some permit for something he was going to do in his backyard or something on the beach. And sure enough, he's wearing the scarf. I mean, he's only Kravitz, right? He can wear what he wants. <laughs> yeah, I, bet he's, right. <laughs> I bet he's sweating like a fat lass in lycra under that, though. <laughs> yeah, but but uh, you just know he puts it on. He's like, you know what? This is my look. You know, I got to wear this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's what I do. Yeah. You know? exactly. yeah. Let's talk so, football. Yeah, what about that game last night? You know, uh, look, a, a lot of people were nitpicking and like, ah, oh, you know, this. And I'm like, you know, you didn't enjoy that? I enjoyed the hell out of that. I, I enjoyed just sitting there, not having to stress at all about a win. Knowing that the game was essentially over after the first pick six was fun. And I just, you know, I just, I just took the opportunity to evaluate certain players. And I came away with a, a lot of conclusions, I would say. What, what was your thoughts on this game? Um, what are my thoughts on this game? Um, oh, uh, I mean, I'm glad we won. And I, I'm glad that, uh, look, five years from now, one year from now, people are not going to look back and go, oh, remember that game. I thought it was pretty ugly. I don't, you know, don't want to come here and be negative Nora every week. Um, so I'm glad that we won. Obviously, really glad that we won. I thought, I just wanted us to play better. Do you know what I mean? I just wanted us to look better, be better, just to sort of help stymie that narrative about we're not a very good team and we've not really beaten anybody. And, you know, I, I, I watched a bit of Good Morning Football this morning and, and Kay and the team were talk, talking about the fact that, you know, this is a great win streak. And and Carl Brandt made the point that, you know, people are going to slag off the Dolphins. Like Dominic Fotsworth on ESPN this morning was slagging off the Dolphins and Ben Berlin was doing the same on social media. And, um, you know, saying, oh, who have you beaten? Who have you beaten? And I think it's a valid argument, who have you beaten? Quite frankly, it is. You can't avoid the fact that who have you beaten in inverted commas when it's, you know, a Panthers team that's kind of hit the wall, when it's a Baltimore team that was kind of banged up, when it was uh, twice the Jets, a Saints team missing 21 players on the COVID list, uh, the Giants, whoever else we beat. You know, it's a fair and valid question. But also, you can only beat what's in front of you. You know, that's what the schedule is. And you can't, you know, and in this crazy, wacky season, like the the Chargers just lost by, you know, three scores to the Texans who'd only won two games all season. You know, the the the, the Jets beat the Titans. The the you know, the, it's a weird, discombobulated season. You can only beat what's in front of you. Yeah, Guy Chen Chisholm uh, on the network uh, had this tweet where he said, "Cincinnati lost to the Jets. Buffalo lost to the Jags." Yeah, and, and not only did they lose to the Jags, they lost in an embarrassing fashion. They scored six points. Yeah. Okay. The Chargers got blown up by the Texans. The Cardinals got embarrassed by the Lions, the winless yeah. Lions at the time. Tampa lost to the Washington football team and got shut out by the Saints at home. I mean, the craziest and- part of the season is New Orleans beating Green Bay 38-3 to <laughs> in Lambeau. <laughs> yes. Yeah? And New England has, has six of their nine wins against well below 500 teams. So, you know... You win. Look, I've said this a million times. You know what's a a successful team in the NFL? You beat all the bad teams and you split against the good teams. 
Yeah. Because that's going to get you to 12 wins. Okay. And if you don't believe me, just go back in history and look at all those 12 and 13 win teams. How do they win? You don't beat up on all the best teams. You no. kind of split with them. And then you beat all the bad teams in a row. All of them. Like the test is going to come the next two weeks. You know, and if they're good yes. enough, if they're good enough, whatever happens, if they're good enough, they'll go on the road and beat the Titans and they'll win at home against the Patriots. It's the playoffs from here on out. Or it's the playoffs starting last night. It, it literally, you know... You win and it goes up to 33% chance of making the playoffs. You lose last night and it's down to 4%. And that, you know, 4% is, you know, 96% chance of not getting it. It wasn't going to happen. They, so every game from, from last night on is a playoff game. We've just got a longer playoff run than the most teams. So, you know, and like I said, I don't want to be negative, Nora. So I'll talk about some of the good things. And I'll start with the punter. I think Michael Pilardi had a really bad start to the season. He's become a really good directional punter. He's become a really good, uh, he's just had a good second half of the season. His directional punts are outstanding. I mean, that punt towards the end that Matt Collins down at the one yard line was outstanding. Matt Collins is a, is a great special teamer. Um, yeah, I, I was going to say, I was going to bring that up as well. Matt Collins should be our Slater. He yeah. should be here for the next 10 years. He's he just great. should. He's great. I thought the defense was outstanding. Look, I, you know, I know they're down to their fourth string quarterback. I, I know the receiver group is struggling. There's no Michael Thomas, obviously. You know, Alvin Kamara was shut. But, you know, Alvin Kamara is still a really, really good player. And mm-hmm. their offensive line, missing Toronto Armstead, missing Ryan Ramchick, I totally get that. But it's essentially made their tackles as good as our tackles. Um, but the interior of the line still had Eric McCoy, still had Cesar Ruiz, and they couldn't run a jot on us. Do you know what I mean? That defensive line, Zach Sealer was great. Christian Wilkins was great. Those two are terrific. Raycon Davis played really well. The run fits are so much better. Jerome Baker played really well. Um, they've kind of worked out how to, I thought it was a great defensive game plan because, you know, you listen to, and I thought Ian Book was really interesting in the post-game press conference where he talked about just, you know, at times he thought it was quarters at time, and then it turned into, you know, a completely different coverage. At times he thought it was zone and then it turned into man. He said, you know, I watched a lot of film. Yes, I'm inexperienced, but there are times where, you know, for example, what the interception, he thought the pick, I think he thought the pick was cover zero. And they said they switched into man. And he said, I'm literally rolling out. I'm like, shit, this is not the this is not the coverage I thought it was. And so, you know, I thought defensively it was a great game plan. Nick Needham's a really good player. You go back and look at what he did last night and then compare it to what he did the week before against the Jets, where he played every single defensive snap, a single high safety, replacing Javon Holland. He had a great game. Javon Holland, brilliant again. You know, didn't have any big plays, but you know, people talk about defensive backs what really annoys me about DBs or how people evaluate DBs is that if there's a completion, like I could have, I didn't, but if you look on social media last night, when, when uh, Callaway had the long catch at the end of the game mm. over Byron Jones, I'm sure there were people going, Byron Jones is trash. He's trash. He's terrible. And then, but you go back and look at all the other 58 offensive plays that they had or the week before against the Jets, or the 70 offense, you know, you only ever notice cornerbacks when, there's a completion against them. For the rest of the time, whether that's 57 other plays, they are locking down in coverage. Do you know what I mean? So one bad, in inverted commas, bad play out of 57 is not, it's a real prisoner of the moment thing where everybody just assumes that because they get, there's a completion against them, that they automatically must be bad players. That's just not how it works. So I just thought, you know, I, I thought defensively, I mean, that's a championship defence. I mean, that, that is a championship defense. And to your mm-hmm. point, and to your point, sorry to interrupt you, but to your point about about cornerbacks, I think that it's so instructive. Trevon Diggs, 
if you ask 10 out of 10 casual football fans, who's the best cornerback in football this year? They're going to say Trevon Dix because he has 11 interceptions. Now that's a feat in and of itself. Are you aware, Simon, that he's on pace to set a record for most yards given up by a cornerback in NFL history? Absolutely. I I mean, ironically, I wrote about it in um, the magazine this month. I did a piece on tour and perception, but also the perception. I use Trayvon Diggs as an example. The the perception is that Trayvon Diggs is having an all-pro, all-world MVP defensive player of the year performance and yes. he's not at all no you know he's giving up big play after but yeah he's had an amazing season with picks but he's also given up a load of big plays left right and center all over all over the field. I mean, look at the look at the big completion by diami brown in that game against the against the cowboys the other night you know yeah. that's feast or famine digs which is great you know in terms of giving up the um in terms of getting the ball back but actually he's given up all sorts of um all sorts of big plays so i thought the defense was great it's a championship defense um you know, they're getting pass rush. They're getting pass rush from four. Uh, Ogba's playing out of his skin. Jalen Phillips is playing well. The interior's playing well. Um, you know, look, there are times last night where they rush three. You know, you're expecting them, they show cover zero, and all of a sudden they end up rushing three and dropping eight back into coverage. It was just like, mm-hmm. you know, I thought it was superb. Offense is another issue. And, yeah. you know. It's a work uh, in progress. <laughs> yeah. It's an I, incomplete project. <laughs> It's an incomplete project. I mean, I would love the offensive line to be fixed in free agency. I said this on OnlyFans this morning. I'd love them to sign, you know, Terrell Armstead, Connor McGovern, Ryan Jensen at centre, keep Rob Hunt at left guard and then uh, right guard, and then, you know, let Eichenberg, Austin Jackson, a, a rookie, whatever, fight it out to play, you know, Trent Brown, whatever, fight it out to play right tackle. But just fix it in free agency. Get it all fixed because we've got enough draft picks, Eichenberg, Kindley, Austin Jackson, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, to to play back. Jesse Davis could play back. You know, he's a very serviceable backup guard. You know, you've got these players that can play and fill out the position. So you're not having to rely on a Cameron Tom, and you're not having to rely on Adam Pankey. You know, guys that you know you really wouldn't want in an NFL game. Yeah, let me. And uh, uh, this is a good segue since you mentioned uh, Teron Arm- Armstead. Uh, you know, I'm he's been injured all year. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he missed an, yet another game. I, think, I believe he's missed, what, three in a row already? Yeah. Okay. Um, if you watch that Dallas line, Terrence Steele has been an absolute yeah. revelation. Okay? The guy plays everywhere. He plays a left tackle. He plays a right tackle. Although, in my opinion, I think he's, he's proven he's a top-notch right tackle. Left tackle, he's a little shaky. But he plays it anyway, right? Uh, I count three tackles invested there in Dallas, which means that one of them has to shake loose. Do you think it's going to be Leo Collins or Tyron Smith? And would you take either one? Oh, I mean, I, 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 Lyle Collins to me has not trained on to be the player that I thought he was going to be um, three, four, five years ago. Um, I mean, I take Smith obviously, but I, I suspect that they'll probably keep him because when he does play, he plays really well. I mean, I take Steele. I take, you know, I, I take uh, Josh Nyman, who's the the Green Bay. Essentially, he's the third string left tackle because Bakhtiari is the left tackle. Elton Jenkins plays there. If Bakhtiari goes down, obviously, Elton Jenkins has torn his Achilles. So, Josh Nyman has played there and played really well all season. I think Nyman is a restricted free agent and he was undrafted. So, it'll be interesting to see what they, um, what they, uh, what conversation they put on his, uh, on him. Taylor Decker's another one at Detroit. Panay Sewell's played really well. Do you want Sewell at left tackle? Decker's not really a right tackle. 
Um, that's a very interesting thing. What, I mean, one name to keep an eye on is Mackay Beckton because George Fant has played so well for the Jets at left tackle. Mackay Beckton's been a bit of a problem off the field. Um, do they kick Beckton to, to right tackle? Uh, I don't know. You don't want to kick George Fant to the right side because he's played so well on the left side. Huge investment, huge investment to give up on. But I, I think if they could fix that line in free agency and leave the draft open to take, you know, a couple of receivers and a running back, you know, take Jameson Williams, take Chris Alave, take Garrett Wilson in the first round, you know, take Drake London, take, I would take one of the Ohio State guys because they're so advanced, they're so nuanced as route runners. Come back in the second round, take an Isaiah Spiller or a Brees Hall or a Zach Charbonnet or a Brian Robinson and then come back in the third round and get yourself another receiver. And then come back and take an Alave, come back and take, you know, take a guy in round three. So you really, really fill it out that receiver room. That's my dog. So there, he is. <laughs> there you go. That's what I do. Fix the line in free agency, and it just frees you up so much in the draft. Yeah, I don't know who who dug up this stat, but I'm, I, it just came across my screen here. ESPN Stats and Info has a stat: Notre Dame quarterbacks have now lost twenty four straight games in the NFL. Is that who the hell compiled this? And second of all, it's the most delightful stat. I saw that Brady Quinn was the last player to win a game back in like 1998 or something ridiculous like that. <laughs> yes. Uh, Quinn lost four in a row. Jimmy Clausen lost four in a row. Deshaun Kaiser, poor guy, lost 15 in a row. And now the great Ian Book has contributed his one loss to, to 24. All right. Moving on to, to Tua. Uh, I don't know. Did you see the, the Peyton Manning detail video? Uh, spoiler a alert, Peyton, Peyton Manning really likes Tua Tunga Bailoa, so that's that's a good sign. Yeah, I've seen a bit of it. I, he frustrated me last night. There were a couple of throws. That yes, just... and I'm going to get to it. Peyton Manning said that sometimes he sees that Tua gets a little bit bored, and he says his old quarterback coach used to tell him, never get bored making a profit. And that's an old uh, Warren Buffett line, but it's yeah. the truth. Never get bored making a profit, all right? And you could just tell Tua was like, "All right, enough of this this, this rinky dink bullshit. I'm just I'm just launching this thing over the middle to Mike Collins into triple coverage." And sure enough, that was a mistake, and it was completely unnecessary. You had an opponent who was not going to be much of a challenge. The way they become a challenge is if you start giving them turnovers. You know, although that yeah. ended up being like a punt, but still, you know, unnecessary. Yeah, it was. Um... It's interesting, uh, he, it, when he doesn't set his feet, which is often when he has time in the pocket, mm-hmm. he doesn't seem to set his feet properly. And the balls come out high, like he yes. had two to Gaskin, one in the, on the first drive where he missed a wide open gap. I know there was a, you know, I know there was a rusher coming through the A gap, but, you know, that's a pass he's got to complete. Then he had the pass in the second half where he sort of was high to Gaskin and sort of Gaskin got hit really, you know, quite badly. Um, and then the pick was just a, was just a really bad throw. It was just you know, especially like you say, you got Jalen Waddle wide open underneath for the first down. Why are you not taking that? You know, why are you not taking that? Especially getting the ball to your playmaker in you know, in open field where he can make plays down the field. It's just um, yeah, that that was a shock to me. Yeah, he has to he has to improve for to, to win yeah. these last two games. Uh, I have no doubt in my mind if we don't turn it over against the Patriots we probably beat them in the last game of the season. But this game on the road is going to be a little bit different. Uh, I think Tennessee is going to be their, their best opponent. We're going to talk about it later on in the week. But, yeah, Tua is going to have to actually be the guy. He's going to have to win that game for us. He's, he's going to have to play, play very well. Yeah, he's got to play a combination of the Arizona game, 
the portion of the Kansas City game last year and the game this season where he played really, really, really well. The, the one game where he played you know, brilliantly this season. It's got to be the best tour it can be. Yes. Otherwise, we're not going to get across the line in these two games. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the running backs, they've made, a, they've made a, a decision, and it's obvious now, out. Miles Gaskin and Savan Ackman. Really, Savan Ackman has been exiled, by the way, because <laughs> he was inactive yesterday. Okay. So he's been exiled. And in is Duke Johnson and Philip Lindsay. Were you aware that Philip Lindsay has never fumbled in his yeah, entire I, career? I didn't know. I, I didn't know about that. Yeah, I did know that. Uh, that's, um, I did know that, which is crazy given that he's carried sort of 700 times. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's. Um, <laughs> sorry. That's a, that's a, a Philip Lindsay fan. That's a, a huge Philip Lindsay fan, as you can tell. Um, shush, shush, a huge Philip Lindsay fan. So yeah, um, but more disappointed that Savan Ahmed wasn't playing. I think, but yeah, um, I mean, it, difficult team to move the ball against on the ground. Um, yes. The Saints. That that front four is excellent. I know they were missing, you know, three big pieces in terms of that run game in Malcolm Jenkins, Quan Alexander, and, and Demario Davis. But you know. You need that running game. And I, I wasn't shocked to see that we couldn't move the ball. You know, I, I would have been more shocked if Duke Johnson had turned in another 100-plus yard game because I think, you know, those performances tend to be slightly anomalous rather than, you know, I, I don't think Duke Johnson's game against the Jets is a sign of things to come. I don't think all of a sudden we've just discovered a great running back. I think those performances are, you know, like I said, anomalous. Um, but, yeah. But they got to start throwing him the football. they got to start throwing him the football. Yeah. Like, like- that's what that's where he made his name in the NFL. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but the, I suppose the interesting thing is that they tend to use the. I mean, they, they throw to Waddle in plays where most teams would run the ball and then pick up three, four yards. Do you know what I mean? I mean, somebody made somebody made a comment last night. Like you look at Tua's stats on the drive, and he's seven for eight, but the Dolphins are still only at their own thirty-five. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's sometimes how it does feel. You know, it's like pick up yeah. three, pick up two, pick up four, pick up six, pick up three, pick up one, pick up three. You know. You kind of want them to push the like. I thought the play calling was was really good after the interception. Really poor up to it, and that you know, I think that third and twelve wildcat run would have been a much more conversational point if we'd have lost that game because that to me is just giving up. Mm. You know, and what does that say about your trust in the quarterback? If on third and twelve, all you're going to do is run in the wildcat. That just makes no You know, would would Nathaniel Hackett ever call a a wildcat play on third and twelve for Aaron Rodgers? No, never. You know, yeah, the, you could tell that they made a decision uh, probably on the touchdown drive. Uh, as soon as they they had that touchdown, they decided, all right, game's over. Let's just not do anything that could bring them back into the game, and they completely went into a shell. And it's kind of understandable, but. You kind of want to see, the, you know, you kind of want to work on this offense. You want you want to call something to try to get another touchdown driver, or at least put another field goal, put a field goal on the board, you know. Yeah. So, no. And by the way, I did notice something on Jason Sanders when he missed that fifty-nine yarder. Did you see the hold? Uh, I didn't actually. Okay, the hold was not good. Okay, no, Pilardi screwed up that hold, and uh, Jason Sanders ended up pulling it because he made the one before. Yeah, he made it before from fifty-nine. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, it's never a good sign when you make the one that doesn't count. <laughs> you uh, know what I mean? You uh, know, but sure enough, he misses that one. And uh, you can't you can't help but feel dejected for the guy because you can see it on his face. Like it's starting to bother him. Yeah. He can't hit these big kicks anymore. It's starting to bother me. And uh, the thing yeah. is, I, 
he's not a bad kicker at all. You know, he's an all-pro kicker for a reason. Um, and he's got a 59-yard leg. He's got a 65-yard leg, I think. Yeah. But um, there's just something a little bit off. There's just, you know, the radar's just a bit off. And it's just confidence as well. And it? it's like swinging a golf club or whatever. It's, you know, when you're, you know, when you can't miss every time you step up. It's like, you know, you look at kickers and look at Mason Crosby, you know, this mm. season. And absolutely, you know, that game against the Bengals where they miss four kicks, you just think, you know, it just gets in your head every time you line up. You're like... I'm going to miss. And look, to be completely fair, I know they're getting paid a lot of money to do it. But if you've ever been on a field, an NFL field, and you stood like at the 35-yard line and thought, you know, I'm going to kick from here, those posts are narrow as fuck. Do you know what I mean? They just like, <laughs> yes. like they look miles away. They look like two, <laughs> um, they look like two cocktail sticks about three feet apart. And you're like, there's, there's no way I'm kicking a ball through here. Absolutely zero percent chance. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. Uh, as far as, and to to put a bow on 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 this game, uh, kind of disappointed that that Tua essentially ignored Devontae Parker. Uh, there's a stat going around. You where Devontae Parker had like there's two things that there's three things that are definite in this world: death, taxes, and Devontae Parker four catches, forty yards, no matter what. Like that's yeah. his baseline when he plays. His worst game is four catches, 40 yards. Well, yesterday was one target, no catches. Completely yeah, shut out. Was it just Marshawn Lattimore just erased them? Yeah, I was literally just about to say, and it goes back to the point that we made about Byron Jones earlier on. I, I just thought Marshawn Lattimore just didn't give, you know, he's a really, really good player. You know, and sometimes you just got to take your hat off and say, you know what, the coverage was absolutely blanket. And, and you know, Parker's, for all his physical ability... Devonte has never been. Devonte's not a great yak guy, and he's never been a great guy who creates huge um, separation. Do you know what I mean? He's a really yeah. good physical box out receiver. He stacks corners really well, um, but he's not a guy that creates huge amounts of separation. And when you're playing against, an, you know, an elite, yeah, you know, Marshall Nettles was a top ten corner in the league, you know, and sometimes you just got to hold your hands up. Yeah, and and it was interesting that they they kept putting uh, Garner Johnson on. On Waddle, and they put Lattimore once on Waddle, and this is one thing I did like about Tua's game yesterday against the Jets. Jets were showing single high, and he was refusing to go deep, even when his receivers were telling him, "Like, hey, just throw it out there." You know, like you're getting favorable coverage, you're getting one on one with a Waddle or with a Devontae Parker. Just put it out there, and this time he actually took it. He got single high three times. I, I rewatched the game. He got single high three times. He threw it deep all three times. One of yeah. them was the Devontae Parker, the lone target in the game where Devontae Parker kind of broke it up because Marshawn, Marshawn Lattimore was all over him. Another time it was to waddle down the, the sideline and Marshawn Lattimore was on waddle and he actually almost completed it toward the, the boundary, but it, you know he just ran out of space. And then the third time was to Matt Collins, the big 40-yarder. So Tua took all three opportunities that were given to him. So that's a good sign. Uh, all right. Uh, that's it. The next time we talk to you, we're going to be talking about Titans, Dolphins. That's a big one. All right. And we will. And a Hill Revenge game. Oh, boy. Uh, th- you know what? That makes me queasy to, to quote a, a famous Dolphin coach. But also, I don't know, makes me feel kind of warm knowing that it's our defense against that quarterback. You know what I mean? And there is no Derrick Henry. So, hmm, I don't know. I have my doubts about the game, but. Me too. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, 
is Ryan Tannehill the quarterback that's going to beat a Brian Flores defense when Brian Flores is just rolling sevens and elevens for seven what, weeks straight? What I will say about this is that if they don't win, it makes the last seven weeks so redundant to the point that they know how redundant the last seven weeks would have been because you may as well have just lost the last seven games and got yourself a better draft pick to, to be able to draft an Evan Neal or a Charles Cross, for example, to play left tackle. Although, no, that's not that we would have gotten a better draft pick for San Francisco, not no, for the oh, Eagles. Yes, of course. What am yeah. I thinking? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And on that front, I think their gambit has is going to work because San Francisco, as good as they are, and I believe they're a really good football team, Simon. I think they're they're actually a dangerous playoff team, but they just got bad news. Yeah. Garoppolo has a UCL injury. Do you know what that injury is? Yeah, it's not good. It's dead thumb, okay? Yeah. Meaning uh, your thumb is absolutely useless for the next eight weeks. Uh, I'm no math major, but eight weeks puts you out of the season. Okay? Yeah, that's not, that wasn't a team. Two teams you don't want to face in the playoffs would be the Colts and the 49ers, and just in terms of the way they they – can control the clock the way that they can run the ball with Jeff Wilson and Debo Samuel. And, you know, same with the Colts with Jonathan Taylor. Do you see that stat of Jonathan Taylor the other night, by the way? He has the most 10, 10 plus, 20 plus, 30 plus, 40 plus, 50 plus, 60 plus, 70 plus, and 80 plus yard carries in the league this season, which <laughs> is ridiculous. Yeah, somebody scouted him uh, on, uh, and his name was Eric Sledsville. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and yeah. kind of advocated for him. But, well, you know, it's neither here nor there. Maybe that's why Eric Studsville keeps, you know, sticking around because, you know, his evaluations keep panning out, you know. If only they panned out for our team. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> you know? But, yeah, I don't know. I guess they, they're turning to, to Trey Lance. Like, what's the plan yeah, there? Well, it's Trey Lance all the way now. It's got to be the... It's got to be the way they go. I mean, you know, you invested the third overall pick in him. You've got to see what he's got and uh, can he get them into the playoffs? Yeah, and so it might work out. Uh, Dolphins might get the better of the of that exchange. Either way, you got to think that that, that trade, the, the trade worked. In the end, you know, you netted Jalen Waddle and a first-round pick and a third-round pick. You got to take it. And Jalen Waddle seems to be paying huge dividends, huge yeah. dividends for this team. So, in the end, it worked out. And if they get the better pick, it'll work out even more. Uh, I, I love one, one of my other guilty pleasures is reading Eagles Twitter as they, as every win gets piled on. They're like, "Are you are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> we're picking twentieth now, twenty second, when they were picking first not too long ago." Yeah. But yeah, all right, that's it. There is no more. The next time we talk to you, it's a big game. It's the biggest game I think of this regime's short life so far. I would say so because it's on the road and it pretty much sets you up for a home date to win and get in. So absolutely. And there's also a, there's a way where New England can actually clinch and the game is completely meaningless for them the last week of the season. So that's an added bonus. Although you kind of want that one to be an all or nothing game. Don't they, don't they win if they beat the Jags this weekend? I mean, if they beat the Jags this weekend. I think if they beat the Jags this weekend and uh, I believe that the Chargers lose, I think they clinch. Uh, they, they need something They need very, something very minor to happen. They need, I think, one team to lose and them to win, and then they're in. So, all right, that's it. There is no more. We will talk to you again on Thursday. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. 
You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean or your usual podcast provider. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.